This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, April 21st, 2023. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, a major breakthrough in the labour movement's campaign to win greater corporate tax transparency. 155,000 workers are on strike in one of Canada's largest strikes. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. Hold that line, hold that line, sisters, brothers, never weaken, stand and hold that picket line. This is Radio Labour. After years of campaigning by the labor movement, there has been a major breakthrough in the fight to get multinational corporations to provide greater transparency in how they pay taxes. The problem has been that corporations have been shifting their profits from one country to another so they can pay less taxes, something ordinary workers cannot do. The Australian government has tabled draft legislation to publicly report where the corporations pay taxes and therefore where they are evading taxes. The Global Union, which has been at the forefront of the worldwide campaign to get corporations to report their taxes in a more transparent way, is Public Services International. The PSI represents more than 30 million unionized public sector workers in 154 countries. I talked to Daniel Bertosa about the Australian corporate tax draft legislation. Mr. Bertosa is the PSI's Assistant General Secretary. I asked him about the legislation and why it is important. Mark, this is corporate transparency information that all workers should be happy about. And the legislation requires companies to publicly report the tax information in each country where they operate. And this is important because companies use tax havens and a number of accounting tricks to move profits that they make in in a country where they don't want to pay tax overseas into other tax havens. Uh, And increasingly, the tax office wants to know not just what profit is being made by a large multinational in their own country, but if they have artificially reduced those profits by moving those profits to another country to avoid tax. And the OECD has implemented some standards around this, but these standards uh, are not very good. They're, they're flawed in some important technical ways because they don't require all the information. And this was because the global corporate lobby pushed back very hard on the OECD when they were setting these standards. But the, the second thing the OECD standards don't do is that they don't publish them. The OECD keeps this information secret so the public don't know. And this is very important because depending on the government that you, you have in your country, the tax office sometimes is not always as rigorous as it should be in pursuing large corporations for their tax affairs. And sometimes the tax office can even facilitate agreements that allow these large corporations to lower their taxes. And this is for a range of reasons. Sometimes it's because the government uh, is ideologically in favour of that. At other times, these corporations are just so huge that they can outlawyer them. And what that creates is a situation where workers get prosecuted for very small errors on their tax payments. Uh, welfare recipients, as we all know, often get harassed because of overpayments to them or, or the perception that they are cheating. Yet massive multinational companies who are dodging millions and hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of taxes, 
they can do a deal with the tax office. So it's very important that this information is public so that workers know who's dodging tax and how that's happening. There has been some movement. The European Union implemented a form of public reporting, but it made a lot of exceptions and and it didn't require this information to be provided for all the countries in which a corporation is operating. So it's not very useful. What's really powerful about what the Australian government has done is that it's used a very good technical standard. It's proposing to use the Global Reporting Initiative standards or standards based on that. And this is a voluntary corporate accountability standard and it's very robust and it is also public, but it's a voluntary code. Uh, And PSI was involved and other trade unions were involved in setting the standards, so we've got confidence in it. But the problem with that standard is that it is a voluntary standard and it means that the worst tax dodgers, of course, will won't use it. So the Australian government proposed legislation is very important for a couple of reasons. One, because it is a technically robust standard that workers can have a lot of confidence in. And two, they're making it public. And this is really groundbreaking because it's the first time that any government in the world will make this information public so that everybody can see who is dodging their taxes. members are out today. We don't want to be on strike, but we know this is the only tool we had left in our toolbox to to basically get this government to come to the table with an offer that's fair and decent. That is Chris Aylward, the president of the Public Service Alliance of Canada. The PSAC called a strike of 155,000 of its members on Wednesday, April 19th. We've been at the bargaining table for almost two years. Treasury Board has been dragging its feet for two years. Finally, in the last two weeks, Treasury Board has come to the table and started negotiating. They could have done that a year and a half ago. They could have done that six months ago. Why did they wait until our deadline for a strike was fast approaching? That, that was absolutely not necessary. Our wage demand has always been so that we can keep up or keep in line with the rate of inflation. Workers in this country are fed up, they're frustrated, and rightfully so. Everybody wants to pay workers nothing, but yet we sit back and we watch corporations make record profits. We're being, we're being gouged in grocery store aisles, we're being gouged in the gas pumps, but yet everybody wants to repress the workers' wages. When this government represses its, its wages on its own employees, what it's doing is repressing wages for all workers right across the country. Workers in this country are fed up and they deserve a fair and decent wage increase. And that is no different with federal public sector employees as well. Whatever happens at the federal level, and we've seen this, usually, normally, will trickle down provincially, territorially, and private sector's employers as well. If this government continues to offer like nothing at the uh, bargaining uh, table for our members... Every employer in the country is going to feel, oh, the federal government didn't give their employees nothing. We don't have to give our employees nothing either. If this government believes, as they say, they believe in workers, they'll come to the bargaining table and they'd set that bar for all workers across the country. Our members have been delivering services to Canadians in a a very quality way. This government is on record as saying we have a world-class public service. 
Well, if that's true and you believe that and we believe that, then come to the bargaining table and show us that. Standing up in the House of Commons and making comments about the great work of the federal public service, that's no good for our members. Our members can't bring that to the bank. I would ask every member of parliament in the House of Commons to support workers' right to strike and to vote against any back-to-work legislation if it's introduced. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of how Bangladeshi and global unions are marking the 10th anniversary of the Rana Plaza disaster. This industrial homicide, perhaps the largest in history, is known to have killed over 1,100 garment workers, most of them young women. To mark the date, global union federations and the International Trade Union Confederation are calling for the extension of the Bangladesh Accord to other countries. The Accord, which Pakistan has already signed on to, requires global clothing brands and governments to set and enforce minimum safety standards for industrial workplaces. In addition to calls from Education International and other global labor bodies for an end to the violence, we also carried news from Sudanese trade unions, including the influential Doctors Syndicate, which remains one of the few reliable sources of news about the extent to which civilians are suffering as a result of the fighting. And we also had news from Hong Kong, where the former leader of a now-banned trade union continues to be the victim of judicial harassment by the Chinese authorities. We had coverage from Canada of a strike by 155,000 federal public sector workers in what is likely the largest strike in that country's history. And from the Georgia-Uzbekistan border, where unpaid truckers have begun a wildcat strike and blockade over wage theft. This week, our Working Women news page carried news of India's ratification of ILO Convention 190. The convention, which now has the force of law in countries which have ratified it, bans harassment and discrimination, especially gender and sexual harassment, in the workplace. Our volunteers also collected a report that concludes that 8 of 10 UK employers pay women less than men for performing the same work. News of the National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa's efforts to end sexual harassment at a Ford car factory and stories detailing why midwives and nurses in Mali have suspended their national walkout. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included the ongoing struggle to have silica dust banned from Australian workplaces, a similar and even longer-lived fight in the United Kingdom to have asbestos removed from public buildings, and the staggering increase in violence on public transport in Canada. Our current photo of the week is a shot of the rescue efforts that were underway 10 years ago Monday in the wreckage of the Rana Plaza Garment Factory. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week we'd like to highlight two new urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Belarus and in Georgia. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. 
This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Robin Roberts with Hold That Line. Hold that line. Hold that line. Sisters, brothers, never weaken. Stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line. Hold that line. Sisters, brothers, never weaken. Stand and hold that picket line. We're standing here together, one for all and all for one, and we'll keep right on here standing till our victory we have won. We're united in our struggle, no there's none us can divide. We'll yield nothing to the enemy, cause we've just a son our side. So now hold that line, hold that line. Sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line. Hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line against the bosses when they try to drive us back. Hold that line against the coppers and their armed baton attacks. Hold that line against the government, against all enemies of our class. Hold that line against the scabs, too. No, we'll never let them pass. Hold that line. Hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line, hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line against the World Bank and against the IMF. Hold that line and keep on holding it as long as we have breath. Hold that line against their dogma. Hold that line against their creed. Hold that line to save the future from their plunder and their greed. Singing now, hold that line. Hold that line. Sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line. Hold that line. Sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. We're standing with the millions, reaching out across this world, and with those who fought before us, our banners here unfurled. But there's more room yet beside us, if you'll come and join our cause, for the chains that now enslave you, they're all you've got to lose. Hold that line, hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. And that's it, labor news you can use. You can find our daily news and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Bolanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.